from the Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Well, a very pleasant uh, good morning to you. Hi there, this is Patrick Timpone. I believe it's about the 24th. I can't see because these silly lights, my calendar. 24th of May, uh, 2022. Good morning. We're going to have fun this morning and this afternoon. Our first guest is uh, uh, allegedly Dave, Dave Murphy, and he's a cosmology truther and a very interesting fellow. Has quite a curious life. He gives uh, talks around the uh, around the country where he lives in England, and he helps people, doesn't charge him, and he's just a good guy. And we're going to talk about uh, cosmology and lost history and some other things, and who knows where we'll go. So if you care to join us, you can do that. 888-663-6386. Email patrick at oneradionetwork.com. Patrick at oneradionetwork.com. In a couple of hours, Charles Nenner is here. And Charles is um, quite a well-renowned chart guy. Uh, He's into cycles and uh, looks at the financial world from a very um, unique way. Very, uh, been very accurate over the last 20, 30 years. And he says it's a, there's not, there's, there's, well, he says it's not not good for the stock market. And so if you're in the market, you might want to see if you um, uh, align yourself or uh, kind of resonate with anything that he's going to tell you. And that'll be in a couple of hours. So first up, we're going to go to England and talk with Dave Murphy. Dave's a, a curious fellow. He's been on the show before. Dave, thanks so much for coming on the show. Uh, good afternoon to you, sir. Hi, how are you? Good afternoon. It's great to be back. Yeah, nice to have you here. Dave, you, um, I was looking on your website just to refresh on your bio. You were in the Fortune 500 things, making a bunch of bucks, and you're really doing your thing, right? And rocking and rolling. And, and 9-11 really changed things for you. It was a red pill day for you, right? You know, tell me about that. Sure. It was, um, yeah, I was uh, watching 9-11 from across uh, the water in Hoboken. Mm-hmm. Um, but it didn't really um, sink in with me at the time. Um, you know, I watched it and went back to work the next day and so on. Um, it wasn't until about three or four years later when I was helping my daughter with, with her physics homework. Um, and the, the problem was uh, a marble on the tabletop and the tabletop is a meter tall. Mm-hmm. How long does it take the marble to hit the floor? So we worked it out, and my daughter said, oh, I've got it, Dad, I've got it. I said, well, not so fast. Let's imagine it's a bowling ball on the World Trade Center. So we worked it out, and it came out to be about 10 seconds, which then sparked a light bulb in my head was, you know, I went back and watched the, the videos, and the whole building took 10 seconds to fall through itself. So I was like, well, how how does a building fall through itself, the path of most resistance, at the same speed as a bowling ball through empty air? So that was um, when I, I found there was something something wrong with it. And um, <laughs> I found there was a whole community of people yeah. uh, on, on the internet asking the questions. And that launched me into 16 or nearly 18 years of uh, of research into the truth now. Into all kinds of different truth, whether it be cosmology. I know you, you teach a lot about the law, common law, just the truth of what what the hell is going, excuse my French, but what the hell is going on, right? That's 
That's what yeah, you're interested where, in. Where are we? What's going on? What, what, <laughs> all this stuff that's happening to us. You know, what's behind it all? You know, is there is there a, is there a plan going on or what? Um, hmm. So yes, yeah. the uh, 9/11 led me to find out about the project for the New American Century, which then led me into the New World Order, mm-hmm. which then led me to the monetary system, which then led me to the legal system, <laughs> and then the health care system and so on and so on and so on i've been bouncing around between all of these topics and uh finding out some some amazing things amazing thing and we'll talk about them so what is it about you is it most of your life have you been that that's curious or did you spend a lot of time just going along with the flow before the 9-11 event no, I was a, a total muggle. I call them muggles, yeah. <laughs> I've never <laughs> heard that term, but I muggle. like it. Muggle. I'm going to use that. Um, from Harry Potter. Oh. Yeah, so it means ordinary folk. Yeah. I see. So you know, I, was norm- I was just a normal muggle, um, hmm. uh, trying, you know, trying to make money in the system and, and doing everything that everybody else did. Um, um, but and um, a, a lot of the uh, uh, people who... Um, are our opponents in this, the fact checkers and all that, uh, and, the, and, the, and the mainstream media, they'd like to harp on this part, which is um, I had my midlife crisis at around the same time. Yeah. But all a midlife crisis is, is asking questions. Hmm. You know, what, what's this all about? Why is this real? What's going on? And it just so coincided with me asking questions about what's, what the system's about. Yes, sir. Uh-huh. So, yeah, so it was my midlife crisis, um, as well as asking these questions, that suddenly changed my, the direction of my life. Yeah. And then we look at the last couple of years with the World Economic Forum, the CDC, and this whole COVID. I think it's, it was all a scam. I think it was a psychological operation. I could be wrong. I've never proven a virus exists, as far as I've ever seen, the people we've talked to. We're going to talk to a fellow tomorrow who's a real virologist, never went to a university, and he's going to talk about this monkey business. And, you know, now it's another one. You know, it's some monkey stupid stuff. And, and uh, what is it in this consciousness of our world that we be- so many of us believe this? I mean, what the heck is going on? You know, why do we believe this stuff? I, I think it's hypnosis. Do you? It's, um, yeah, there's, we, we have the biggest hypnotist in the world in our in the corner of our front room yeah that television was never designed to um you know to entertain us or inform us or educate us it was designed to give us false realities Hmm. it was designed to hypnotize us into believing stuff that's not real (laughs) you know um and for me um i i wrote a book back in 2014 a little plug the the human body owner's workshop manual oh yeah cool and and so i researched it for for about eight years trying to figure out um how the human body worked Mm -hmm. um and back then i i found out that um viruses and bacteria are things that we produce they don't uh, they're not floating around in the air waiting to infect (laughs) us we produce them in response to toxicity and dead and dying tissue yes sir. that's it yes sir. Yeah, it's very it's actually obvious when you think about it you know when a when a, an apple starts to decompose the fur doesn't sort of come onto it it literally comes from inside 
Yeah, it's literally the process by which the apple breaks itself down. Mm. Yeah? yeah, and it uses bacteria and uh, and is the equivalent of viruses. Yeah, you don't get a foreign virus. You don't ingest it. The only way you can get one is to have it injected into you. Yes, sir. So, um, and so, you, yeah, you were way ahead of the. Also the Go ahead, but but you were way ahead of the curve in 2014. I mean, this has just really started to come out with the work of Lanka, Cowan, and Kaufman, and Vollmer, and Sal, and all these people we've talked to in the last three years, right? It's really... But you you figured that out. You knew that 10 years ago. Yeah, well, um, uh, well, it wasn't just me. There was a lot of people even back then. No. Um, And... uh, also found out that vaccines have never worked never worked. never ever never. yeah there's um <laughs> i can't remember the name of the book i found but this this guy i think his name is andrew Weil. sure he puts together a whole load of um of, of charts of the, pro- the progression of a disease so it would look like spike and then slowly sort of decline and then in that chart he showed where the vaccine for that disease was introduced and it was always at the end of the decline, so that the vaccine could take credit for the natural decline of that disease. Yeah. yeah? So that's it. And way back then, I knew that uh, there was no such thing as viruses, and uh, stay, you know, stay clear of anything called a vaccine. Yeah, sir. Uh, is it? It's true that we we've heard over the years that this whole, even the um, the polio thing was all a big hoax as well is that is that do you know anything about that yes i think one of the charts show that the vaccination was you know again at the end of the decline of polio hmm. and do we know what polio was that that the symptoms that people presented but it wasn't it wasn't something that they caught right it was something else if, if i recall somebody yeah i can't me. i can't okay. remember i do remember looking at I do remember looking into it, and I could, uh, yeah. this was way, way back, but I can't yeah. remember the details. It is something, and uh, it still continued after the, the widespread vaccination, except the only difference was they renamed it something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the same symptoms, they just called it something else, and so it's not polio anymore, you know? Just like monkeypox is just like any chickenpox or things like that, and I don't even know if it exists. And, and it's just a detoxification thing, right? Chickenpox is just detox. Hmm? Yeah, it's um, it, this this monkeypox is actually <laughs> vaccine-induced shingles. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. yeah. The, the, there's a picture that they show of this supposed monkeypox, and it's of somebody's somebody's hand. Yeah, I saw the picture. With all these boils on it. Well, the picture was taken from somebody with shingles a few years back. I think 2010. Somebody put it on my Facebook page. I think the picture was 2010, and it was a shingles thing. Yeah. Yeah. And as you know, probably, uh, as Cowan and Kaufman argue, that when they when they try to recreate this alleged virus, allegedly, Dave, uh, in um, in the in vitro thing, they use monkey kidney cells. They they use monkey kidney cells. That's what they use to do you know to make it act like a virus in the, in the yeah, trip um, that they pulled this entire yeah. thing off with no virus isn't that amazing this is this is a, a wag the dog situation <laughs> yeah just like that film where the they, dog, yeah. they um made the public believe that america was at war with albania simply because of the media mm-hmm. yeah that's exactly what they've done and um 
because they've got all these agencies, all part of the World Economic Forum and that, all saying the same thing. Yeah, well, that's enough. And, and also re repeated every day, yes, every day, yes. over and over and over again. That's enough to brainwash anybody. Yes, sir. So do you think this Ukraine-Russian thing is a big lie that the media is saying as well? Uh, yes, I've got a completely different viewpoint on what's actually going on mm -hmm. um, in Ukraine. I, I think um, there's another agenda that's that's uh, occurring underneath this uh, this fake war. We know it's fake because it's uh, Ukrainians bombing Ukrainians and blaming Russians, um, and they're using they've used things like video game footage and uh, um, explosions from uh, from China and, and things just to make it seem like there's a war going on over there. But, uh, you know, not. And I, I think the evidence is clear. I mean, I'm a contrarian as you are, and I look at this from, um, there's a great website called The Saker. Do you know The Saker? S-A-K-E-R? No. It's got some really, really good information on this thing. And um, my, in my opinion, what I've been able to tell is that... Um, you know, Putin just wanted to keep NATO out of Ukraine. That's all he wanted for years, and they they never would agree to it. And um, he just yeah. he just wasn't having it. He didn't want those missiles right on his border. There's 200 miles of border. You know, Russia's got a long history yeah. of being invaded. You know, 20 million people uh, Hitler killed Russians. 20 million. Uh, unfortunately, though, Putin and it's been you know um, Klaus Schwab has already admitted it. Putin is one of the club. Oh, yeah? Of course he is. He was one of the they all are. WF yeah, they um, all are. global yeah. leaders. Yeah, so is yeah, Donald so, Trump one so to. He's just, yeah, he's one to. He was, yeah, I mean, they all are. But I mean, maybe he's right. just uh, one like of the clean. They're all just playing a part. Yeah, right. They're all just playing a role. I you know? agree. I agree. Um, yeah. And I, I, again, I think it takes a lot of explanation, but I think there's a, another narrative going on and it's a bit more disturbing. Um, oh, tell me what um, you think. Yeah. Okay, now before I before I start, right, I'll say this isn't about um, racism or anything, but uh, it goes all the way back to the Old Testament hmm. when uh, angels had sex with women and um, created a, a completely separate bloodline of not quite humans, human hybrids, hmm. and those human hybrids looked very very different. To the the humans that were already there. Okay, now this is a bit that's, uh, that's hard right. for people to 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 get. Is some of the traits of these these Nephilim were, and you'll find this in the Book of Enoch, that they were they had white skin, blonde hair, blue eyes. Okay, that they those are some of the traits. The other traits were giantism, two rows of teeth, um, extra vertebrae. Um, Rh negative blood, all sorts of uh, other traits, mm -hmm. um, and and the whole of humanity um, got corrupted by this by this bloodline. So much so that uh, that's why the flood had to happen because uh, only Noah had the pure genetics of a human. Okay. Wow. And where did these you angels? No, no, that's okay. I love it. Where, where do these angels come from? Where? So were they, they were they other than physical beings, or they, did they have physical bodies? They had to have they physical are bodies. Other than physical beings, 
they're other than physical beings, but they can take on physical form. Okay. And that's, again, it says so in the in the book of Enoch. Right. Um, there's one line in in Genesis, but then in the book of Enoch, it goes into masses of detail about that one line. Um, but okay, so uh, in 1751, mm-hmm. um, uh, Benjamin Franklin wrote an essay, and it was uh, observations of the increase of mankind. You can go and find it. Really? Okay. In it, he says, and we're talking about this bloodline. I'm not talking about every white person everywhere. Right, okay. Right. It says, um, oh, let me see if I've, I've actually got it. I'm going to have to, I'm going to quote it. Okay. Uh, you know, While you're looking at that, let me invite okay. people in if they have a question or a I've comment. Got it right here. I'll okay. Put it right here. Uh, you can email Patrick um, at oneradionetwork.com or call 888. 888- 663-6386. We're live here on the 24th of May with Dave Murphy. Okay, go ahead. So Ben was a pretty cool guy, right. if I understand. He was pretty pretty level-headed dude, right, Benjamin Franklin? Okay, yeah, but we, you know, we're starting to find out that, uh, you know, the people we saw as heroes weren't quite actually that heroic. Some of those but were Freemasons, anyway. right? Uh, Hamilton and, and well, there was also the fact that they found under Benjamin Franklin's house all these bodies and really? um, and sacrificed people. <laughs> yes, in, really? when he lived in, in London. Oh God, there goes um, Ben Franklin anyway. image. <laughs> <laughs> there goes another rubber tree plant. Anyway, okay. <laughs> so, so in this um, in this uh, essay from 1751, he wrote he wrote, which leads me to add one remark that the number of purely white people in the world is proportionately very small. All Africa is black or tawny, Asia chiefly tawny, America exclusive, exclusive of the newcomers, wholly so. And in Europe, the Spaniards, Italians, French, Russians and Swedes are generally what we call a suave complexion. That means black, okay? Um, as are the Germans also. The Saxons, and I think he means the Anglo-Saxons, the Anglo-Saxons only accepted, who, with the English, um, uh, yes, oh yes, yeah, sorry, uh, who, with the English, um, make the principal body of white people on the face of the earth. So in 1751, right. there was very, very few white people on earth. Okay. So this is where it, it brings in... Whoa. Um, the lost history of flat earth yeah. if you've seen that video or if you haven't seen that video i suggest you go and find it it's five hours long but it's well worth the investment of five hours okay so what lost history of flat earth proposed was that our earth is only part of a greater earth mm-hmm. so imagine a lake imagine a big round lake with uh, lots of islands in it, okay? Now imagine that lake is, uh, is t- completely frozen over, okay? So it's snowed over and it's frozen over now. In one corner, one quarter of that lake, there's a heat source sort of uh, circling around, melting out a particular little puddle in that, in that greater lake, okay? So... In that puddle, there are bits of islands poking up out of that out of that water. That's our Earth today. Yeah, it's just a puddle in a greater lake, and the rest of that lake is frozen over. Okay, 
Now, this lost history of flat Earth basically says that the sun that's, that's melting out that puddle is actually going around a magnetic center. And that magnetic center is slowly moving around the greater Earth. So as it moves around, it's taking the sun and moon with it and melting out a different puddle as it moves around. So, um, so some continents start going under the ice. Yeah, they get colder and colder and they get under the ice. And new continents emerge from under the ice. Um, now, when a continent emerges from under the, the ice, well, the ice melts. And uh, so where does all that water go? So that water um, stirs up lots of silt as it's, as it's sort of um, thawing out. And that silt, as the water drains away, settles at a different level. Okay? So that's why we're seeing buildings that we can't build today um, all around the earth. You know, similar architecture, but again, we can't build. Um, but it's also, a lot of it is submerged under the ground. Yes, I've seen the pictures. We find... It's crazy. Yeah, and we find cities, um, old pictures of cities with all this massive grand architecture with muddy roads. And it seems like people discover or found we know say they call it, they say they founded a city rather than built one yeah so they they found a city which was you know it was uh, semi submerged and they dug it out okay they dig out this this city and that's why you see these these amazing cities with really sort of muddy roads yeah um, and they don't necessarily dig it down to the original ground level and this is why you're seeing um, buildings with windows that are you know half submerged underground and several levels under that under the ground with windows facing out to mud yeah so um the, the idea is that they've they've found these cities and what they did to cover them up is they they um had a, a world's fair okay so they they pretended that they built an, this entire city. Um, the best known one is the Chicago World's Fair. I think it was 18, 1830-something, or maybe 18, I can't remember. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah so um, there was this massive city that they said they built themselves, yeah. Um, but I, I'm proposing they found it as um, when, you know, the 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 ice started to retreat. They found it, dug it out, and then they said, well, we built this city for the World's Fair. And so they showcased all this technology because there was already technology in that in those cities. So much so they could light the whole city up like a Christmas tree at a time when they were struggling to light New York up. <laughs> yeah. Um, hmm. So hmm. when you look around what was going on in these World Fairs, You'll find that uh, there was actually, um, in the Chicago World's Fair, there was a, a building that was called the Baby Incubator Building. And you could walk into this Baby Incubator Building, and there was all these babies in incubators, hundreds and hundreds of them. Right? And that was a, um, that was a, a kind of sideshow side attraction. Yeah, so I was looking at these pictures of uh, babies in incubators, and I found one picture that said, um, 
So there's uh, so a couple of incubators, and in, um, on the wall it said, amazing growth, one, one year in one day. Or is it one, one year in one hour or something like that? That suggested that these incubators weren't just keeping these, these babies alive, they were actually accelerating their growth. Really? Yeah. I've seen some of the, some of the pictures. It's, it's wild. And so what was that all about? Why were they growing babies? Right. Just bear with me here. Okay. Yeah? <laughs> at the same time, hmm. at the same time, around about the same time, there was this phenomenon known as um, um, orphan trains. So... Um, New York, for example, there was something like 300,000 orphans that were transported from New York across to the west of America to populate these cities, yeah? But that wasn't all. In, in the UK, at the same time, again, there were thousands and thousands of orphans suddenly appeared, and they and, and, uh, um, in, in the UK, these orphans were operating heavy machinery <laughs> they were doing the um the work in the industrial revolution right and um and these orphans were being shipped out around the world they were shipped to canada to australia to south africa at the same time russia had even more orphans hundreds and hundreds of thousands of orphans being shipped out around around russia and around europe okay but not one of these orphans were black. They were, they're all white. Right. All white, okay. So suddenly from 1751 <laughs> to less than 100 years later, you went from very, very few white people to millions and millions of them everywhere. S explain right. then how that happened. I'm saying there was... I'm putting. I'm just putting pieces together. Here. Yeah, I understand. Yeah? Wow. There's this technology. Technology appeared from these, from these cities. Oh. Yeah. The incubator technology, right? Which was, which I'm saying was producing babies in an accelerated rate. Then all of a sudden, all these orphans appeared. <laughs> There's no excuse or no, um, no reason. No reason for them to just be. Not, yeah. 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 They're all the parents. So, you know? so, so, so you're thinking then that there was just this, this whole big plan to populate with these white babies somehow. That's, I'm just putting pieces no, together. No, I understand. Yeah? No, I understand. Right. So, look, fast forward to today. Hmm. Every Western country right now is um, in serious population decline. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, you put, go to YouTube and put population crisis in and put any Western country, they're in desperate decline. Right. I think um, Italy, Italy is is so low that they're, I think it's below 1.1 um, now. Wow. That um, you need 2.1 children per, per woman to um, keep the population stable. Um, but... Uh, Italy, I believe, is uh, is way below that. Are we still on? Oh, yeah, we're on. You're on. You're on. Oh, sorry, yeah. yeah. That's all right. You just disappeared. That's okay, all right. that's all right. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, there, are, there are a whole 
towns in Italy that are just empty. Um, same as same in Japan. There are you know, towns and uh, all across Japan that are completely empty. Um, same in China as well. Um, so there's a, this this population crisis crisis is 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 serious. I mean, they're, they're trying to say we're we're overpopulated. Not true. Not true. Yeah, um, right, and and so when I did some research about orphanages, I looked in uh, orphanages in England. There are none, zero, none at all. Hmm. Okay, hmm. looked at orphanages in America, none, zero. Orphanages in Canada and Australia, zero. Hmm. Yeah, there is one country that has. Uh, I I dis I. Uh, found that there was over 750 orphanages okay and that's just a conservative figure because um i had a list of 750 and i found others that weren't on the list so there are at least 750 orphanages in a particular country let me guess is what country let, that would be let me guess china no no how about um ukraine come on ukraine it's in you look it up yourself Ooh. ukraine has over 700 um orphanages ukraine is also the center of surrogate motherhood so you know you would um you know submit your your i guess sperm and stuff and or eggs and sperm and and supposedly some woman would carry your baby for you and uh, deliver you a baby also, wow. Ukraine is the center of child trafficking in the world. Yes, I've okay? heard that. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think it's the child trafficking we're thinking about. Okay, All right. So <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna step back a bit as well. Okay, to the work, Second World War. Okay, mm -hmm. during the Second World War, um, Hitler was doing, um, uh, had a program called Lebensborn. Right, where he would get the blondest, blue-eyed um, women and, you know, put them in sort of huge brothels with the blondest, blue-eyed men mm -hmm. and just to try and create the Ubermensch, the Superman, yeah? Yeah. Which essentially was the pure Nephilim. As I said, Nephilim um, described in the Old Testament uh, or in the Book of Enoch were blonde, blue-eyed and tall, yeah, because they were the giants. So Liebensborn was about trying to, to breed out the human and get back to the Nephilim, okay? Get back to the Nephilim, get back. Yeah, get back to mm. the pure Nephilim, mm. yeah, just by, by breeding. Now, um, now at the end of the war, uh, America managed to get hold of uh, um, thousands of Nazi scientists. So America, in, in Operation Paperclip, took the rocketry guys and uh, the um, mind control guys and the military intelligence guys, that lot, okay? But, but most people didn't realize that uh, Russia did the same thing. They got, I think it was Operation Asoyabea, something like that, yeah? Um, yeah, there was an operation, just like Operation Paperclip, when they took something like 7,000 um, Nazi scientists I'm suggesting that those Nazi scientists were the ones involved in eugenics, yeah, this Lebensborn program. Um, and they went to Russia. They went to a particular place in Russia. Have a guess where that was. 
Ukraine? No. Ukraine. So, hmm. this idea of neo-Nazis in Ukraine, right. no, they're not neo-Nazis, they're the actual Nazis. <laughs> that's what Putin <laughs> that's keeps claiming, they're that they're Nazis, right? Yes, they're the actual Nazis who ended up, there was an SS headquarters in Ukraine. Wow. Yeah? So, I believe they carried on the, uh, the experiments they were doing um, in, you know, Liebensborn project. Uh, essentially, to create, um, okay, and I've missed out a whole load, but uh, that's right. Um, they they create they were creating essentially nephilim bodies. Um, so back in the uh, back in before the flood, um, there was talk about creating half human, half um, animal bodies, right? Um, so all these. Uh, mythical creatures like centaurs and and satyrs and minotaurs and that they were bodies created for nephilim because when a nephilim dies um their spirit can't go anywhere it's stuck here as a disembodied spirit oh they can't the they can't go anywhere they can't they can't they can't go anywhere they're, they're stuck hmm. okay so the push was to create bodies to, to act as hosts for these nephilim okay what? So possession as such. The whole um, alien abduction thing, which isn't about aliens, again, it's about fallen angels and demons, yeah? Um, the whole thing about the alien abduction thing is, again, about um, reproduction, creating host bodies for these Nephilim, okay? If you look really into it, it's not about aliens, it's about demons and, and creating bodies and um, to be possessed, I believe this is what the Liebensborn program actually was as well. So that Liebensborn program was transferred to Ukraine. And right now, under the guise of this war, there is another narrative going on. Is that, that narrative is um, uh, Ukrainian orphans need homes in the West. Oh. Okay. Uh, I, I so read a little bit about that. They're trying to say we a lot of orphans. We have to get them over here. You can adopt them, right? Yes. And so, um, for instance, in in Ireland, they've announced that they're taking unlimited numbers of Ukrainian orphans. So they started off saying they're going to take two hundred thousand. Yeah. Now they're saying they're taking unlimited numbers. Same thing in Canada. They're taking unlimited numbers. Um, I, th I believe America is going to follow suit. In in England, they, they're, they're going to follow suit. As I'm just well. I'm just beginning um, to get the picture of what you're painting here. So <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute. So so you say these Looney Tunes controlling these Nephilim people are actually doing this eugenic thing with the vaccines and all to kill people, then to repopulate with these Nephilim kind of with their people. Whoa. That five that five hundred million that they want to get the population down to yeah. isn't going to be us, yeah. It's going to be them. It's going to be their bodies, yeah. And right now, it looks like they're carefully seeding their people across the world. Now, there's nothing said about the the vaccine status of uh, of these orphans, and 
um, one thing that I kept um, noticing when these countries were saying about um, taking all these orphans, they would always say uh, it's for three years. Three years, three years. They said it in Ireland, they said it in Canada, they said it in America. Three years. I suspect that's when the vaccine is going to properly kick in and uh, a lot of people are going to just leave. But there's going to be a uh, population already in place. Yeah, so these people welcoming in these uh, Ukrainians, essentially awake, welcoming in their replacements. That's the trippiest story I've ever heard. That's interesting. And you know what? Almost, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm almost buying into it. I am buying into it because these people are crazy. I mean, come on, you know, I mean, they're psychopaths, right? Okay, well, I've, I've done a video about it. It's called Return, Return of the Nephilim. Okay, and, uh, where can I we see that? All my yeah, Return hmm? of the Nephilim. How do you spell yeah, that for us? Mark. Spell that. N-E-P-H-I-L-I-M. I am, Nephilim. And where can yeah. we find that? Is that actually on YouTube? Uh, it's on my channel, D Murphy Twenty Five, on YouTube. Oh, say the channel name again, sir. Uh, D Murphy Twenty Five, D M U R P H Y Twenty Five. D Murphy Twenty Five. Yep. D Murphy Twenty Five. They actually let you up with mm -hmm. that stuff, huh? They haven't found you yet. <laughs> uh, no, not yet. Um, but it's on it's on uh, BitChute as well. Oh, cool! Um, so just in case it goes down. And a return yeah. of the Nephilim, and you lay it, you lay the whole thing out. Hmm. Yep. Okay, I want to I want to understand this Nephilim thing because it's kind of a key thing here. Let me do a little break first, okay? And then we'll dig into Nephilim because I love the spiritual stuff and it's kind of it's a trip, man. I tell you what, this is uh, OneRadioNetwork.com. Patrick Timpone, what do you think? Um, if you'd like to be on the show, you can call 888-663-6386. Email Patrick, OneRadioNetwork.com. Speaking of technology, we think this is one of the coolest technologies ever, ever, ever. This is from a previous show with Dr. Mark Circus. So three months ago, a study that was published in Dove Press, brain metastasis completely disappear in non-small cell lung cancer using hydrogen gas inhalation. A case study done in China, a 44-year-old woman diagnosed with multiple metastases. What, what's a metastasis? means it's spread. It's, it's, it's spreading. It's, it's, it's spreading. not just one two tumors. You have multiple tumors. Uh huh. The kind of case where there's no hope. Doctors give up hope. Complete remission using hydrogen gas. Really? In terms of brain cancer, and of course, in my hydrogen book, which people can download from my site, quite a bit of information about using hydrogen for cancer. And the many reasons and studies that lead up to that. But this, this study that I'm talking about today, it's, um, it's like taking a two-by-four two and smashing it over the sign of modern oncology. Like, wake up, boys. Here's something simple, something you should be doing anyway, that happens to help people with the worst forms of cancer 
almost doomed to die. If these studies on breathing hydrogen gas and cancer cells are accurate, imagine the possibilities of what this technology can do for you and I when we breathe it and drink the water. Peer-reviewed studies have shown it's the best antioxidant known to man. What exactly is it doing? I have no idea. We have the Aqua Cure, yeah, and we have it, and I'm going to butt in here because we have a new sale going on. 20% sale for the Aqua Cure machine, and all you have to do is use promo code 1RADIO. Now, we don't make any claims. You breathe this, and it's going to ditch cancer, and well, cancer is not what they say it is anyway, so, you know, that's a whole other story if you study German new medicine like we do. Uh, cancer is trying to heal the body, and uh, so you don't want to try to kill it, but Anyway, uh, hydrogen is a food. It's the number one um, molecule in this universe, wherever this universe is. Maybe it's under just a firmament, which I think it is. And uh, hydrogen is like the number one thing. And that's what the stars and eat for breakfast. We'll talk about the stars and the moon and the sun with Dave uh, Murphy as we move along here this morning. But anyway, get yourself a machine. Just email me, Patrick, at one... No, you don't. I'm sorry. You don't have to do that. Just... Um, Click on there, use promo code 1RADIO, 1RADIO on 1RADIONETWORK.COM, 20% off on the hydrogen machine, okay? Previously with Daniel Vitalis, we were talking about, yeah, pine pollen. Pollen is essentially the equivalent of what an animal would have as sperm. Pollen is like the male part, the semen, and it fertilizes the ovum of the flower, which becomes eventually a fruit. And so if we were going to draw the equivalence, it would be like that the flower is like the, the female sex organ and the pollen is like the male sexual ejaculate. Well, pine trees, which sort of just dominate so much of the landscape of North America and so much of the world, pine trees, they're semen. They, they dust the landscape in pollen. And that pollen, it being the sort of male part of the plant, has some correspondences to male uh, physiology in our species and many other animal species. So what I'm saying is pine pollen contains all of these different anabolic or androgenic hormones, plant versions of hormones that we need like testosterone, like DHEA. Well, the birds and the bees and the flowers and the trees, good stuff, guys, and few girls, too. Several choices of pine pollen. Any survival link, oneradionetwork.com. And while you're on that little website, you can uh, have, I think, two more days for um, the elk velvet antler on sale. Use promo code STRONG20, STRONG20, on oneradionetwork.com and get 20% off an elk velvet. Uh, Guys, uh, I think if you do the elk velvet, uh, you do pine pollen, uh, a little colostrum, and uh, maybe hydrogen, and you can solve the population decline and start making some babies. You know what I mean, Jelly Bean? <laughs> well, you know what I say? Make some babies. Just get rid of the problem. Just you know, you know, just get rid of the problem. So there you have it. OneRadioNetwork.com and the uh, um, uh, Thrival is a great, great site. You have the colostrum. Uh, pine pollen, the elk velvet antler. It's just a wonderful place to visit, so check it out. Broadcasting from the beautiful hill country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. We're talking with Dave Murphy. Thanks for coming on the show, Dave. This is great fun. Allegedly Dave is his website, allegedlydave.com. 
if you think we're both kind of crazy believing some of this stuff, well, just email me and ask him a question or two. So I, let's go back to the very beginning. Uh, not the very beginning, but biblically, when did the Nephilim thing start? And again, it started. Walk us through like or a golden retriever, so because I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed. To understand. We were on Earth. What year it about? And then what happened to the Nephilim thing? Um, okay, it was uh, before the flood. Okay, in the days of Jared. Jared. Okay, so uh, I think he may be fifth, fourth or fifth from Adam. Okay. Um, can we put a year so, to that about yeah. just if you had to guess i mean <laughs> no i haven't i've I've not dated it or anything okay. but uh, but yeah but literally he's uh, you know fourth down from adam okay. fourth or fifth okay um and his name means descent descend descent it means it was talking about the fact that these these characters descended they descended down um these alien these aliens Angels descended down on a on a particular mountain top. It was uh, Mount Hermon, um, which, um, su- surprisingly enough, is uh, when when Paris was the prime meridian. It's uh, Greenwich in England now, but when Paris was the prime meridian, Mount Hermon was thirty three degrees north and thirty three degrees east. It's actually thirty three point three three degrees north and east. So that's probably where we get this 33 obsession from. Um, but that's where the uh, the angels came down. And you can actually still see um, where they tell us about this event. I don't know if you've ever watched a film that starts off with the Paramount logo. I've seen the Paramount, yeah, Paramount. Tell- with the stars. Yes, sir. The stars that fall from heaven, mm-hmm. yeah, and then come down to around the mountaintop. Yeah. That is telling you the story of these fallen angels, which are synonymous with stars, yeah, coming down. There were 200 of them in, in all. They came down and they made a pact that they would um, have sex with women and beget children. And uh, these these children were called the Nephilim, and um, they were giants. They yeah. became the giants mm-hmm. on Earth. Um, and the more they mixed with humanity, because they could only mix with humanity to propagate, um, the more they mixed with humanity, the smaller they got. And, of course, uh, that would make sense, right? Um, big, big father, yeah. yeah, big, you know. And then, and just to in- interrupt, uh, I've seen the videos. And by the way, if you want to get these lost video, lost history videos, just email me, and I'll send you all the links. It's Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. There, I think we have thirteen hours total, right, of the whole package. They're worth watching. And we've seen, there's evidence of huge doors. I mean, these giants existed, right? I mean, they did. It's just evidence of them. Huge doors, huge steps. Huge you know, steps, yeah. Steps are like 30 it's, feet it's tall. Like crazy. <laughs> it's like <laughs> nuts. I mean, yeah. And every time um, a, a giant skeleton is found, yeah. um, either the Smithsonian or... Uh, or the Vatican swoop swoop in, do they? and they take that thing, and it disappears. Yeah, no know? kidding. Yeah, those rascals. They'll yeah. do that kind. Of. I guess there's a lot of people asking. Well, let, let me let me let you continue with the Nephilim. So, so we had these, 
And I don't think it's a stretch. I mean, I've studied a lot spiritually, and I leave my body at night, and I, I'm aware of it, I'm conscious of it as a soul. I know it happens. Uh, there's There's been many cases of yogis and other things coming in, materialize their body into physical reality. It can happen. So I don't think that's a stretch, you know, for some beings to come and, you know. So that, it might sound a stretch to a lot of people, Dave Murphy, but for me, you know, I can I can go there, you know, and so, so, um, but then, what would be the motive or who would be behind, so these would be like fallen angels, souls that have kind of gone south, bad, <laughs> wanted to just screw things up or, you know. Yeah, the, yeah. the story is that, um, that when Adam was, was created, um, the angels were told to worship Adam as they would worship the Most High. Ah. And, and you know, one particular angel, um, the chief of the angels, essentially, refused to worship Adam. And, uh, you know, said, you know, why should I worship this mud man? You know, I was here first. I'm more <laughs> powerful than, mm-hmm. than he is. You know, and um, he, he had a lot of people or a lot of angels support him. Um, and that was the rebellion. Um, so the first attempt to mess up the experiment, as it were, was one particular angel, um, and his name is even he's even named in the uh, in the Book of Enoch. One particular angel um, tried to mess up the experiment by having sex with Eve. That was a whole apple incident. That was a whole apple it's not thing. About eating an apple. The whole thing. Yeah, it's not about eating an apple. It was. It was an angel seduced Eve in the garden, and showed and and Eve showed Adam what to do, and so hmm. Eve had two children by two separate fathers. Hmm. So that was the first. That was the first incursion. The second was when the angels came down and uh, decided to have you know get their own children, um, and again it was there to try and mess up the the bloodline. Um, and the Most High had to respond by the flood to get rid of everybody except uh, Noah and his family, because Noah was the only one who had the pure genetics of Adam left. The whole idea with the animals and going on the ark and the whole thing, that, that whole allegory right now. Yeah. <clears throat> well, it's not an allegory, because they he really found did, huh? Noah's ark. Yeah. They found yeah, they Noah's found ark it. in yeah. 1980. Right. Well, actually, they found it in 1960. Um, it, they found it in the foothills of Mount Ararat in yes, Turkey. Mm-hmm. Okay, and um, and it's been verified as the ark. You know, it's a it's a petrified wooden boat. Yeah, wow. that's been there for thousands of years. So God did the whole rain thing, and that's what, and we'll talk about the mud flood, just to just to wipe out all these bad dudes, the Nephilim. Yep, pretty mm-hmm. much. No. And, and the rest of the uh, post-flood part of, um, of Genesis was the Most High um, trying to purify the bloodline again because Noah was the only one who was, who was pure. Um, Noah's wife was from the line of Cain, so Noah's children were corrupted, and the week before the flood, Noah had to find wives for his three sons who were from the corrupted. So the Nephilim DNA got the other side of the flood through the uh, children or the offspring of uh, Noah's children. But Noah didn't know that. Um, he, he thought he was 
doing the right thing at the time. Or? Well, yeah, Noel was just going along with what the Most High told him to do. Okay. Um, but <clears throat> the Most High was then saying, okay, um, out of Noah's three sons, Shem is the chosen one. Okay. And out of all Shem's sons, Arphaxad is the chosen one. And so literally went for a, a particular line of people, um, you know, choosing particular chosen individuals. Okay. Um, until it got down to Isaac and, and something different happened. When it got down to Isaac, Isaac had two twin boys. Okay. And the Nephilim DNA got concentrated in the eldest son, Esau, and was now totally absent in Jacob's um, children. So now it went from particular chosen ones to a complete, a whole chosen nation because now their bloodline is, is clean. That makes sense. Yeah. So, um, so this Nephilim bloodline... Are these the same people that are trying to do all those weird stuff now, World Economic Forum and, and you know, the whole thing the, in Ukraine? The Nephilim bloodline. That's, that's the... Yeah, the Nephilim bloodline are what we call the elite bloodline today. The elite bloodline, huh. Illuminati. Just as, just as you've got... Whatever. Yeah, just as, just as you've got the, uh, the 12 or 13 bloodlines of, uh, or, or tribes of Israel, mm -hmm. you have the 12 or 13 bloodlines of the Illuminati yeah mm -hmm. it's equal and opposite and right now they're in control and um, their blessing because it comes down to um, Isaac who was a chosen one he had he had the blessing to pass on to his children and that was essentially inheritance of the entire earth oh good okay <laughs> right um, now um, Jake Jacob, even though Jacob was the second born, you know, through a bit of uh, start skullduggery, Jacob got the blessing. Okay, it wasn't really him cheating as such. Um, you know, Esau had already sold his birthright to Jacob, but um, when it came time to um, for Isaac to give the blessing, right, Esau should have said, "Sorry, Dad, I've, I've already given my birthright to Jacob," but he didn't. He just said, "Yeah, I'll." I'll I'll, I'll, I'll take it. So um, Jacob ended up getting the birthright, getting the, the inheritance of the earth. When, when Esau came back and realized his, his inheritance had gone, he begged his father for a, for a blessing. He said, please, Dad, you've got to have something for me. Give me something. And his blessing was, you are going to live in the best places on earth. You're going to live luxuriously. Hmm. But you're going to do so by the sword. Okay. Now, his blessing came in at a time we call the Renaissance period, around about 1492-ish, mm -hmm. okay? And from about that time, that bloodline has been rampaging across the earth, you know, with the sword, killing and taking over countries and, and that. And now they, this bloodline, this elite bloodline, live in the best places on earth and they're living luxuriously. Same bloodline. But they only got a temporary blessing. Uh-huh. Go ahead. Right, because Jacob got the real blessing. They got, they got a temporary one. And that, that blessing is coming to an end now, 500 years later. So you think that's what this whole thing is about, of 
bringing out time. Yeah, bringing out awareness to all these rascals that have just been doing this stuff forever, right? With the monetary system, everything, wars, yeah, for five hundred years, right? Yes. So, so they've run out of time, and uh, hmm. you know, it's pretty <laughs> cool. Blessing has ended. Yeah, and it's coming. You know, it's coming into Jacob's blessing. So. Um, what we're seeing is a last-ditch attempt oh. to wipe out the bloodline of Jacob, and uh, and so the, wow. there's only them left. And they so they that's what the vaccines are about, and and yeah, to to wipe out whatever's left of the the uh, the pure mm-hmm. blood bloodline. And and those that the vaccines don't kill, mm-hmm. well, they'll install their technology into them so they can remove their free will yeah. and kill them in other ways. What a trip. It just makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, it just really makes sense to me. Of course, I'm crazy, you know. Don't, don't mind me. To me, too. I'm, <laughs> I'm crazy, too. So. Don't listen to me. <laughs> so, and I understand karma. I really do, as well as anyone. And it just happens like that. You only go so long, and after a while, you get your just desserts, right? You just run out of time, whatever you want to call it, Right. It's just, okay, you're over. you got to pray for all this stuff. So, And you might be surprised to find that there's a, there's a book that was taken out of the Old Testament that actually tells you, you know, the whole story of what's going on today. Really? You know? Um, really? Yeah. Um, it's called Second Esdras. Second Esdras? Um, Esdras. Es- E-S-D-R-A-S. Hmm. And you can actually find that book? Um, Yes, you can, but you have to be careful because uh, even though they hid it, um, the the big chapter, the the, the the one that has all this information, um, is chapter seven. And um, if you just do a, a cursory search, you'll, you'll find a version that has uh, 70 verses of chapter seven. But then you look a bit harder, you'll find a version that has 105 verses. Ah. But both of those versions are, are gibberish. <laughs> If you look hard enough, you'll find the version that has 140 verses, okay? And then you'll you'll discover that they took the previous set of the last 70 verses and added them to the previous 70 verses, so it sounded like gibberish. Gibberish. Um, so, um, yeah. I don't want to get too far afield, but just in general, how do you think these people that actually literally wrote the Bible... Did they just download this information from God, as you say, the Most High or whatever? It just they just got it on a spiritual level. Is that how that worked? Do you think the Old Testament um, basically tells you that uh, um, Moses was was you had the whole thing dictated to him yeah. up, up until his point. Um, yeah, that's what he was doing for 40, 40 days on the mountains. Are. And also, you find out that in Second Ezra, that Ezra, because Ezra came around, and that's who Ezra is, Ezra, um, because Ezra was around, um, it was basically going back to the temple after being in Babylon for uh, for seventy years. All their books were gone. Yeah, the the temple was was destroyed, and and all their their scrolls and stuff had been taken. Hmm. In, um, I can't remember what chapter it is in Second Ezra, but Ezra is literally dictated 
it to. Uh, he dictates the whole of the uh, the whole of the Book of Remembrance, you know, um, right there and then. So that's the second time that it was dictated to. Hmm. So, Dave Dave Murphy, um, we're live here on the twenty fourth. So, is there enough of us good guys around to do we have to do anything to facilitate these nephilims to fall down, go boom? I mean, are they just going to do it because they're just they're, it's their karma. They're just going to get it. Yep, it's it's they're they're and going anyway. They're going um, anyway. But we have we have a duty mm. to turn back to the uh, the law, statutes, and commandments of the Most High. It's as simple as that. Um, to do the right thing and be just and, and love one another and the whole thing, right? The, what we're here to do. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, mm. Yeah. Um, and if you if you read Second Ezra, it tells you that the whole point of life, right, on a on the higher and level here. The whole point of life is that uh, you are in a test. You're in a contest yes, sir. against yourself. Yes, sir. The, the, the game is hmm. um, which path are you going to take? Yes, you're going to take the wicked path or the righteous path. Yes, sir. And uh, you can bet you're, you're going to be scored at the end. So I, I know you're right. In the end, yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter what happens out here. Yeah. That's right. The game is all about you. How are you going to play it? Yes, sir. Given these circumstances, how do you play the game? I know you're right. I, deep in my heart, I know what you just said is accurate. That's what it's about. It's what choices do we make, the left-hand path or the right-hand path, and and we deal with the consequences. And and, and it doesn't matter if you get, get dealt a, a bad hand at birth, yeah? That doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Any, any, play, any Anyone who plays... Uh, Texas Hold'em yeah, <laughs> uh, will know that it doesn't matter what cards you get get dealt, right? It it matters how you play the game. You can still win with a with a two and a three. Yes, know? sir. Yes, In sir. the face of people with uh, pairs of aces and pairs of kings, you can still win. It depends on how you decide to play it. And don't you think it's fascinating that the media and the people that control this whole thing, they want to keep arguing it's just the opposite. You know, just the opposite, yeah. right? If you're black or if you're white, whatever. You know, it's just if you're a woman or a man. That's all they want to do, man, and convince you that you can't, you don't have free will. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's the thing: yeah, what they want, they want you to believe the opposite. That it's not about, um, it's not about you. You're, you're nothing. You're insignificant. It's all about, you know, this life is it, and. You, <laughs> You know, you've got to collect as much stuff as you can <laughs> and, you know, before you die. No. You know, if if we have, um, if there's a possibility we have an immortal soul, then this blip of 100, 120, whatever, whatever right. uh, yeah. years you get, is it can't be the important part. <laughs> yeah. I agree. If you've got, like, infinite life and there's this, this blip of uh, 120 years or whatever it is, that's not the important part. It's yeah? nothing. That's, it's just that is something that feeds into the important part. Yeah, I agree. No, I know you're right there, and I know we're immortal. I can't prove it, but I know that you and I are immortal, and our listeners are immortal. I know it. Um, so uh, we're with Dave Murphy. What do you think? Triple eight six six three sixty three eighty six. Email Patrick at one radio network dot com. Uh, Jody writes in. Well, if all this lost history is true. 
How do they possibly keep it from us all this time? You know, I'm, I think a lot of people ask that question. Really? I mean, how could this be true? The mud flood thing and the Nephilim? Because nobody knows about this stuff. I mean, flat earth, right? Well, this, <laughs> Immovable earth. I mean, this, this one bloodline, this one bloodline has um, spent this last 500 years mm. removing knowledge, mm. literally. You know, the, the, the religious part, the, the sort of um, priesthood part of this bloodline has rampaged across the earth, removing knowledge about, about the Most High. They've, they've destroyed all the books and kept their own version in their archives underneath the Vatican. Um, and then they've overlaid their religions. Yeah, all these religions yeah. come from the same place. Yeah. Doesn't matter what, what they are, they come from the same place and they give these different brands of religions to, to capture everybody. Yeah. Um, so their religious section has done that. They're, they've taken control of education. So, you know, you get born into the world and you get information fed to you about how the world is. You know, they control the media. They control, you know, pretty much everything. So you get you get fed a version of reality that uh, we just believe. Yeah, just like he, he said in um, the Truman Show. Yeah, you you believe the the world that's presented to you. Yes, sir. And, and the religions just God love them. They try, but it's all about guilt and fear, and it's all the same thing with different holidays. You know, it's all it's all the same, yeah. same, same, uh, same trip. And how can how can Christianity be about love if uh, if the worst atrocities in the world have been um, caused by Christianity, you know, by, you know, under the flag of JC, yeah? Yeah, um, yeah. The whole of the Inquisitions, you know, all that. No, it's, it's, a, it's a contradiction. And so this is, this goes back then to this whole wicked history that people have talked about for a long time with the Vatican, Vatican Bank and the New World Order and control and, and and the Pope and all that that whole thing, right? Wow. Yeah. Um. Second Ezra's, he tells that in the last days, the earth will be overspread by a three-headed eagle. A three-headed okay? eagle. Yes. Now, um, that hmm. sounds like you know, um, you know, airy fairy allegory and uh, you sure, know. sure. No, what he's talking about is there is a bloodline that identifies itself by the symbol the eagle okay now you can you can you can um see how this bloodline has spread itself across the earth by looking for their symbol so you'll see there's a greek uh, uh, an egyptian eagle you'll see there's a babylonian eagle a greek eagle a roman eagle a german eagle and then the most late lately the american eagle hmm. okay so so now we're talking about a bloodline the eagle bloodline so what are the three heads that will, will be evident in the last days well there are three um power centers in this world right now that are controlled by this this bloodline um they're not like anywhere else in the uh, on the earth they're their own separate city state not part of the country they're in, not part of the city they're in. Okay? Do you know what they are? Well, one would be the Vatican. Vatican? Mm, Davos? No? 
No. No. I don't know. City of London. Ah, uh, London, of course, yeah. And um, Washington D.C. Oh, cause, yeah, they're separate, right? Washington D.C. is just—it's just a separate little conclave. Separate own yeah. city state. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Each one of them hmm. has an obelisk in there, obelisk. An Egyptian obelisk. Oh. Yeah. Um, each one has the same architecture, the same capital type building. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, hmm. So. Vatican City is a center of religious control of the world. Yes, sir. City of London is a center of financial control of the world. Yes, sir. Uh, Washington, D.C. is a center of military control of the world. Ah. Between those three heads, this eagle bloodline um, is in control of the entire Earth. Do they get along, these three guys? No, like brothers, they fight amongst themselves. But... They get together and fight their enemy when they have to. I see. So this is John, and, and he, I, I'm glad he said this. Um, John said, I'm really enjoying this show. This guy's a, a real piece of work. He is. I love him. Um, so I want to get back to the Ukraine thing and the Nephilim and the babies and all that. Can you flesh that out a little bit and what, what NATO and Putin's and United States role, what, what, what would be their goal? I don't... Well, just to cause the chaos so they could bring the babies in, that kind of thing? Well, again, it goes all the way back to um, eliminating the, the, you know, the, their brother, yeah, their twin brother who, who, you know, has been promised the earth, okay? And if they eliminate that, uh, that entire bloodline, then they win by default. I'm losing you. I'm sorry. Uh, So how would that, how would Putin play into this? Um, what do you mean? Putin is is just one actor, right? Yeah, or, um, part of this bloodline. He, or he might even just be a, um, you know, a, a useful idiot okay. part of the bloodline. Because you know, when they mix bloodlines with humans, yeah, the pure bloods stay elite, and they use the um, the not so pure bloods as useful idiots, players like. Like Hitler was a player, one, mm-hmm. of, one of their useful idiots. Um, everything you see in the world and everything you see in so-called history is theatre yes, for sir. our benefit. Mm-hmm. You know, they play out a scene like a war, and uh, you know they show us how you know the story of the war, and we just think, oh, okay, that's that's true. So we've got to change our lives accordingly. But the, that war is there to to shape our reality and make us move in a certain direction. I understand. Um, hmm. So World War Two wasn't the way they they said it was. Of course not. Yeah. yeah. Um, America. There were powerful people in America who were helping the Nazis. There were, you know, Ford Motor Henry Company, Ford. Um, yeah. and Henry Ford. Um, Standard Oil was giving the the Germans. Um, a certain oil so their, their tanks could work, run um, there were elements in England that were helping helping um, the, the Germans um, the Warburgs were financing both sides of the war at yes, the same sir. time yeah. it's, it's theatre yeah the whole thing is theatre yes um, and again it's it's the only way to 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 herd a hot you know millions of people 
by a, a small number of shepherds. Yes, sir. So they could have tricked Putin to invade Ukraine with the whole NATO scam thing or whatever to get him to do that. There was no trick. There was no trick. He's he has to follow orders. Oh, he's got to. Oh, yeah. Of course, I'm forgetting that. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah if you're if you're a Mason, for instance, right. so you know you're given orders. You follow them, or else you die, and uh, other things happen. Yeah. Yeah. So. So no, they just they have to follow orders. No, no. Um, okay, so, are th- so then these were the same people that started to put out the idea that the Earth was a globe spinning around the sun long ago, and and yeah. I get this question asked a lot. Well, why would they do that? Why would they do? That? What's the point? Why? In order to to uh, um, to take over and control billions of people, the very first thing you've got to do is psychologically weaken them. Okay. If you know that you are um, a sovereign being, one step below the Creator, well, nobody can stand above you and say you do as I say. Right. right yeah. Right. But if you have the idea that the, you know, the, the Earth is a ball, just a speck of dust in an infinite universe with, with billions and trillions of specks of dust, and you're just a small microbe that's crawling around on that speck of dust. Um, and it all came about by accident, and that's where the uh, Big Bang Theory came, came in, and that your, your existence is only accidental because that's what, um, that's what the whole... Um, theory of evolution is about that you uh, just accidentally um, evolved from slime that turned into a monkey that turned into you. If you believe <laughs> all those things, then you are nothing. You're an accident mm. in an uncaring, um, infinite universe. There was no creator because it doesn't require a creator to to create this this uh, you know um, illusory universe. Um, so you you then have to s- submit yourself to powerful people down here. Those people who say, "Well, we've got more money and land and power than you. You do as we say." Uh-huh. Yeah. So you know the the ball Earth was just one part of a larger um, deception to make you nothing. Hmm. And that started about when, uh, Dave? Uh, five four hundred years. Five hundred years ago. Five hundred years ago. Yeah. And was it true yeah. that they kind of? Paid people to come up with gravity and the ball earth, Copernicus and Einstein and all these people. They, they were all, they were all um, again, part of the same bloodline. They were Freemasons and, uh, and mm. Jesuits and, yep. and all, you know, they were all, all the actors in, in this idea that, uh, you know, we live in a ball on a ball in space. You know, all the, all the astronauts were, were military or Freemasons. Yeah. They, they, they all had to follow the same programming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, this is from uh, Seville, something like that. I've seen some videos of this big ice wall that holds in the the oceans down at the Antarctic. Is this are these? Is this real? Is this good question? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and if you try and get close to it, hmm. you'll get turned around by the military. Yeah, no. You can't do um, it, can you? Yeah, can't do it. Yeah, there's a there's a, a video of um, a couple of guys in a fishing boat. Yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> and 
yeah they 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 think well let's see if, let's see what happens right. and they 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 head, start heading towards antarctica <laughs> and uh, and uh, uh, a warship arrives and tells them to turn around okay. and yeah and, and a warship arrives and it's true too then that the illuminati and these davos and this whole crowd they've had this stuff going on in Antarctica for a long time. They've actually met down there, and it, the UN has a treaty, and they've all, com- countries have signed on to it, that you just can't see what's on the other side of this, all this ice, can you? You can't do it. Yeah. And, uh, hmm. you know, again, I believe the whole lost history of flat Earth um, idea that Antarctica is a moving body as such. It's not a, a, um, a defined place. As the sun and moon, moon are moving around that magnetic center, you know, the boundaries of Antarctica are also moving. Moving? Um, Could they be moving? So, What's underneath them then? Water? Remember, remember what I said? Hmm. Remember what I said? If you imagine the uh, greater Earth as a lake that is frozen over, yeah, and the sun and moon are, are going around one quarter of that lake, melting out a puddle, but the sun and moon are going around a magnetic center, which is all itself moving slowly around the greater Earth. So as it moves around the greater Earth slowly, the sun and moon are going with it, melting out a different puddle. Hmm. Yeah? So certain continents, as the sun is moving around, you know, are starting to go under the ice, and new continents are appearing. But if a new continent appeared... Would we know about it? No, not if it was we not wouldn't. part of the stuff that we believe is Earth, right? <laughs> we, well, hang, think about it. I mean, <laughs> you know, you can't even if you get on a, a plane to go to Australia, and on the way to Australia, there's a new continent. You wouldn't know about it, would you? The plane isn't going to go there. <laughs> you know, you're thirty-five thousand feet up. You're not going to know what it is. Yeah, we rely on them to tell us, and they're not going to tell us even if it was true. You know, it's. Can you talk about the, the moment you really got it that, there we're on some immovable plane, not spinning around the sun, Dave Murphy. Do you remember that, the moment when you said, "Whoa," I remember my moment. Do you remember yours? Yes, it was. Um, I just found out about the uh, calculation to figure out. Um, how much curvature should hide, you know, a landmark a certain distance away, you know, eight inches per mile squared. It seemed very simple. I thought, hmm, that sounds like it makes <laughs> the earth really small. So I I drew it out in, in photo not Photoshop, um in AutoCAD. Uh-huh. So uh so I got AutoCAD, I draw drew a circle, uh twenty-four thousand nine oh one miles in circumference, and then um and then sort of drew two landmarks and, and worked it out. And yes, it was roughly correct, eight inches per mile squared. So then I went down to um, a place called Plymouth Hoe, um, and it's a beach. And from that beach, there's a lighthouse 12 miles away. Mm-hmm. So before I left, I worked out, you know, <laughs> mathematically worked it out, that I should not be able to see the first 32 feet of that lighthouse. Because of, of the curvature of the Earth, the alleged curvature. Because right. of the physical curvature of the Earth. Right, right. Yeah, okay. The, the bottom 32 feet sh- should be missing. Yes. So I went down to that uh, that beach, 
I put the camera at the right height uh, so the sums would work and uh, zoomed in on it and I could see the bottom of that light lighthouse where the rocks met the water. There was no curvature. And I could still see the horizon way behind the uh, the lighthouse. Yeah, so there's no way, there was no curvature. So since then, I've been on lots of uh, experiments, including going to uh, uh, Hungary, Lake Balaton in Hungary, and uh, with a, a massive industrial laser hmm. and firing a laser across that did, lake. Did you really? And chasing after the beam on a, <laughs> in a speedboat. Yeah. And uh, yes, we went, we went 20 kilometers out um, over this lake and the, the beam hit the back of the boat exactly the same, right height. Which is not possible yeah. on a curved earth. Just not possible. Not possible. Just not possible. Not possible. I'm sure you've seen the video of the, were they in Brazil or somewhere in South America, an hour and a half, mm. where these, this whole crew went out there for, what, four or five years trying to prove that the earth was curved? Or, you know, they were trying to yeah. prove it, right? And they did beams and lights and GPS, and they just couldn't do it. It's just not there. It's, there's no there there. Yeah, but then they discredited, they discredited themselves did by they? saying that, um, yeah, the... The, the guy who made the film said he he got the information from uh, some alien he challenged he channeled. Oh, oh did he really? But they they, they yeah. showed you the experiments. I don't. It, it's not like he downloaded some information. Yeah, the experiments. They were real. The experiments absolutely bang on and everything. But, <laughs> yeah, um, right. But in this in this realm, if, if you uh, if you if there's anything they can discredit you on, they will. You know. Oh yeah yeah. I mean yeah. yeah. You know, I, rem I was watching the Flat Earth video, I guess about a year ago, the whole Flat Earth videos, and there was just a moment where I really said, whoa, we're not moving around this sun. <laughs> and I really got it, you know. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm really interested in the, just the now. I, don't, I know the time doesn't exist, uh, you know. And this was a really big moment for me because it was, oop, it was really helpful because even more so I knew the time didn't exist because I wasn't flying around anything. And I was up for like three days just thinking about it. Mm. I just was up, you know. It was just an amazing experience. You know, once you get it, you just get it. You know, you just, you know, just kind of know. Uh, Charlie wants to know, so we have no idea of how big the Earth is. Really, do we, is what he's saying. Uh, we don't, I mean... We don't really know, do we? The Earth plane. I can guess. I mm. can guess because um, we found. Uh, okay, so it was. Uh, I think was it Cook. Um, uh, I might have put this wrong, but Cook um, sailed around Antarctica looking for an inlet, and he ended up sailing sixty thousand miles around, around in a circle. In a circle. Yeah, around Antarctica. Wow. Which he thought at, at the time was a, was a little continent on the bottom of the ball, right? Which, if the uh, if the equator is twenty five thousand miles around, there's no way he could go sixty thousand miles. But so on a flat disc, a flat plane, if the equator is twenty five thousand miles um, in circumference, and he went uh, sixty thousand. That would kind of make the Earth about twenty thousand miles across, mm -hmm. um, rather than eight thousand miles, as we're told. Yeah, 
That's my guess, anyway. Just uh, roughly going by what mm -hmm. Captain Cook um, said. Sam wants to know how high is this alleged? He put the word firmament. Do we know? Don't know. Um, I believe that the sun and moon are about 3,100 miles up. I also believe that um, we can't physically get to that height. I think we're, there's, a, there's some kind of non-physical barrier. Uh, it's about 75 miles up. Um, and I, I base this on the fact that every, every space shuttle or rocket launch always do, does that. Yeah. And, uh, always. Um, always. And then there was the Go Faster rocket launch in 2014. That's pretty cool. Where an amateur rocket <laughs> fired it straight up, and it went about 74 miles up, it and it hit something. Yeah. It couldn't have hit something physical, whether it was, it was smashed its pieces. Um, and funnily enough, um, there was a, a guy called Mike DeGruy, who was uh, had a mini sub? He was taken to the deepest part of the ocean. It's pretty cool, yeah. And uh, he found uh, an underwater lake um, under at the, ocean. the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, yeah. And he said, "We tried to submerge the mini sub into that lake and bounced off." So I think we are in a kind of there's a non-physical barrier that stops us going too far, either up or down non-physical yeah, kind um, of a spiritual another reality that kind of keeps us some kind of barrier whether it's uh, hmm. um, air or water that's just too dense to, to, to get into or mm -hmm. something non-physical and I think it could be water because whenever you see I think the um, SpaceX launches they go up they, they do their sort of um, curve but then they hit something and it looks like it leaves a wake behind yeah, it. I've seen this. Yeah. Yeah. So that could be what I don't know. I'm just saying there's a non-physical barrier be before you get to the firmament and it's uh, you know it stops us from going too far. I got an email from um, uh, Elon Musk organization they're doing this Starlink satellite stuff, you know. And mm -hmm. I mean they tell you right here they don't really have satellites. I mean, they don't tell you, but they tell you that they got to get to your part of the country. Now, <laughs> now if they, you know, they said right here in the email, okay, we're getting to you. I mean, if they were circling around this alleged Earth in some alleged satellite, I mean, they could get the whole place with all these satellites that got up there. Why would you have to wait until you can get and come to Texas? I mean, it doesn't even make sense. You know, they're balloons, right? Tell folks about that. They're, they're yeah. just balloons, aren't they? Well, it's, um, it's, I'm sure it's just a coincidence that the, uh, <laughs> the, the biggest user of helium in the world is NASA. Is NASA. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it's a coincidence. Um, and uh, yeah, um, we've got footage of NASA launching um, satellites on balloons from Antarctica. From Antarctica. Um, huh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, also, um, occasionally, one of these balloons, um, you know, crashes, and uh, you've got a satellite. You know, I think it was in Kenya or something. A satellite crashed, and it's still attached to the balloon. To the balloon, right? Um, yeah. So, what? Um, 
if you see, if you look at um, the orbit of one of these satellites, yeah, um, on a on a ball Earth, you'll see it makes a kind of looping, you know, sine wave type uh, motion, yeah, which doesn't seem to make sense. It's kind of up down mm-hmm. up down motion across the Earth. Doesn't seem to make sense. But when you take that that orbit and then flatten it out into a, a flatter, it's literally just a circle. Okay, they're just going around. And those circles, mm. yeah, those circles um, correspond to the jet stream, the nor- northern and southern jet stream. Huh. So it looks like what they do is they take they launch these satellites into the jet streams. And these satellites just go round and round on these jets. And the, oh, they're balloons, right? And, just um, huh. they, yes, on these balloons. They hmm. just go round and round. Hmm. And um, uh, I did catch a video, which I couldn't find again, but it was um, of a pilot that was talking about how they would capture these um, these satellites. Um, they had a, a, a C-130 um, big heavy aircraft with a, with a kind of next type thing or a capture thing on the front and they would just fly into the into the uh you know the the i don't know the connection between the 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 balloon and the satellite and and hook it and uh, and capture it that way interesting and um, so yes there there aren't satellites there they're satellites satellites so i would suspect that most pilots would have to know that we are on a flat plane rather than a circular globe right i mean wouldn't they? Most most of them. Um, well, we're we're you know every time I I go I fly I actually Do you ask? take the time to, to the pilot. <laughs> right. And half the pilots have seen the the curve. The other half say that they haven't. Um, I I ask them questions, uh, kind of leading questions. Um, when they realise that uh, you know they're just about to prove the flat Earth. They, they kind of go, oh, and they, they contradict themselves. Um, but saying that, there are a lot of pilots now coming out and saying, yeah, I think it's flat. Yeah, we don't make any adjust- adjustments. Um, we don't, uh, you know, a plane flies with a slightly nose-up attitude, okay? Mm-hmm. And um, if they're going about, uh, let's say, they're going 600 miles an hour, it means they've got to correct for something like, I believe it's like 45 miles every hour. Yeah, they've got to literally drop that plane 45 miles uh, every hour to keep going around the ball. But they don't. Okay, they don't. And as I said, they've got a slightly nose-up attitude, and somehow they've still got to, you know, with a nose-up attitude, still find a way to to drop 45 miles every hour. Is it too simplistic to use the argument, for example, if the Earth is supposedly spinning toward to the east at what a thousand, ten thousand, what is it, thousand miles an hour or something like that? Thousand miles an hour. And if you were then flying t- to the east, that you would get there. I mean, with a plane, is that too simplistic to use that argument? That it doesn't even make sense if the Earth is spinning. I mean. Uh, absolutely, <laughs> it, you know it should make sense. That's the way it should be, right? But I mean, um, if it is spinning, right, is, it would have to be. Yeah, but what they're saying is that uh, you know the the plane. Yeah. Let's, let's call it a helicopter. Okay. A helicopter should be able to just hover 
for for half an hour and then land and it'd be thousands of miles away yeah? right right yeah um what they're saying as soon as that plane or helicopter takes off from the earth yeah. it's still got the momentum pulling it you know moving it backwards at a thousand miles an hour yeah that's the um, argument they use does, for that yeah. that's the argument and the air is moving at a thousand miles an hour as well which again is a silly argument because that means the air um at sea level and the air at uh, you know um ten thousand feet has to be all moving in one um, at one speed yeah which doesn't make sense because it's you know the earth will be moving um faster higher the higher up you get yeah because obviously um two different uh, heights see my hands i can't see what <laughs> right different heights this height will have to move um faster to keep at the same um, right. place as this one yeah so so literally if it was true yeah the um the air moving um by the surface would be moving um moving uh faster and the air at the top will be moving slower and so you get all sorts of weird effects and <laughs> the, it'd be impossible for there to be a say a north south breeze be impossible because the air's moving and yeah, yeah it's yeah. rubbish we have another interview coming up uh, soon but do you have a few more minutes can we do a quick break and just wrap it up with a few more questions uh sure okay yeah, yeah let's do that um and then we're going to be back with dave murphy and uh, i well, like i say we have charles netto coming up here in 25 minutes but uh be fun to ask get you a couple more emails let me see if i can pull up the right slide here and tell you about um this one i ordered this and it arrived yesterday if you've never tried this ginseng o m g previously with brandon amelani of shen blossom talking about our very special ginseng and you don't want something that's been corrupted coming into your body like the ginseng is a super important example of that you know when you're using aggressive alcohols and solvents it has a it has a strange effect with um ginseng in the sense that when you're not only over processing it but putting it in really aggressive alcohols what's going to happen is that you're going to flip the chemistry on some of the uh, androgenic naturally it's androgenic it's going to basically protect the telomeres and, and add life to the body and, and protect the genetic replication of the cells. But it's also going to boost the androgens and boost the, the male hormones in the body. But if you incubate it in a really aggressive alcohol, it flips those to become estrogenic. Now, estrogens, phytoestrogens are not necessarily bad in balance, but you really don't want that with your ginseng, especially if you're getting like a really high quality, a really old root, something that's very special. You want to like treat it with care and make sure it's delivering what ginseng has to offer. Just a short clip from Brandon talking about the way they do the ginseng, just to give you a better idea of where this company is coming from, the quality and the ethics. Brandon and the Shen Blossom link on OneRadioNetwork.com. Previously with chemist, biologist, and nutritionist George Altgelt, we asked him this. And so what do you think about Dr. Seneff's contention that as these glyphosates are in the soil, they bust the sulfur cycle, and that's really detrimental to the body. It's extremely detrimental. Uh, sulfur is such an important detoxifying agent for the entire body and especially for the liver. You've got to have trace minerals so that the liver can build these compounds that are essential for getting itself cleaned. And that lady who was talking about sulfur, mm -hmm. man, 
play that ad every chance you get because our foods are so deficient in sulfur, and it is a big deal for the liver to have enough sulfur to make all those compounds that it uses to detoxify itself. Not just sulfur. They're all important, but sulfur is the one that we're so deficient in, and we need sulfur. Thanks, George. I had some this morning. You? You might want to give it a try. You can click an order right on the front page of OneRadioNetwork.com. Three locations, three prices delivered. And if you'd like more than four pounds for a discount, email me, Patrick, at OneRadioNetwork.com. From the Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. We're with uh, Dave Murphy, a nice fellow, and his website is Allegedly Dave if you'd like to go there and visit. And then, Dave, again, when your YouTube channel, what's the what's the address on that, baby? Our YouTube channel is dmurphy25. dmurphy25. And you have a bunch of... Or you can also get uh, BitChute and Odyssey is Allegedly Dave. Allegedly on Dave on BitChute. Yeah, that's where our videos are. BitChute, pretty good uh, company. Uh, this is from Wilma. So I tuned in late... Uh, just towards the end when you were talking about the elite and they're going to crash and burn. <laughs> Their turn, not mine, or yours. Why does your guest think that that's going to happen? Seems like they own everything. Okay. Hmm. Um, well, I'm, I'm thinking it's all going to happen in the next few years. Really? You know, they've, um, hmm. yeah, they're, they've, they've committed themselves now. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> they're, they're, they're hiding it enough from, from the muggles. Um, the muggles. It's, for, for the rest of us, it's obvious what they're doing. Right. Yeah? They, they're, they're not, they're not um, taking care about hiding this, hiding this from us um, because they, they've literally run out of time. So, so yes, I'm, I'm thinking that we're going to see this in the, you know, ha- all fall apart in the next few years. And I've, I've put myself out on a limb, actually, hmm. um, because uh, I've I've said, um, and this is where I'm, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna be sort of vilified now. But I've said that um, America is going to disappear in or around 2024. Disappear Probably, as uh, we know it. As we know it, the the, yeah. the the organization, the the structure, everything. The land even is going to be uninhabitable. What? Why would that happen? Okay. Hmm. <laughs> All right. So I have a video on my channel called uh, "Prophecy and Judgment." Okay. Okay. So I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at signs in the sky. Okay. Because the sun, moon, and stars were giving uh, given us signs and seasons. Okay. America had a big sign in the sky, um, um, in 2017. Okay. On August twenty first, twenty seventeen, which was the three hundred ninety eighth um, anniversary of the first slave touching down in America. Okay. The big sign in the sky was the Great American Eclipse. Okay. It went through seven places called Jerusalem or Salem. Right. It started in Salem, Oregon, and went down through seven different Salem's, which is short for Jerusalem, okay? And again, it happened on that, that particular day. Um, now, that 
Eclipse hovered, right? Because eclipses last a, a, a very particular amount of time. And that eclipse hovered for a few milliseconds longer in one particular spot, right? Um, for some reason, nobody knows why. But seven years on from that eclipse is another eclipse in 2024. And it crosses America the other way, forming an X, okay? Um, and it crosses that first eclipse at that very spot where it hovered, where it, it lasted a little bit longer, okay? Now that spot is, um, is over something called the New Madrid Fault Line. Oh, we know that the one. Most active, yeah. Yeah. Right, the most active uh, earthquake zone in the country. Yeah, Which Huge. is connected. Huge. It's connected to the Yellowstone fault line. Oh. And under Yellowstone is a supervolcano. And they've said if that supervolcano um, goes, it's going to take three quarters of America with it instantly. Okay. 2018, Yellowstone started waking up. They, you know, new geysers appeared. The ground started get heaving up and down six feet. Um, they had to close the park several times. Yeah. I'm suggesting, because um, Second Esdras talks about the, the, uh, the largest, the strongest um, middle head of the three-headed eagle is going to disappear without a fight. Okay. It's going to suddenly, suddenly disappear. It's going to go away. Without a fight. Mm. Yeah, and I'm suggesting that that middle head, the strongest head, is Washington, D.C., okay? Um, and so in and around 2024, and I think it's after the, uh, at some point after that, uh, that second eclipse, because eclipses are warnings, right? So it's obviously going to give you a warning, right, that um, uh, America is going to disappear under lava. Well, that's not good. It's not good, no. <laughs> okay. But that's not good. We're going to see before that time. We're going to see some other amazing events uh, occur before that time. So I've kind of put myself on the limb. No, I, yeah, well, I'm, you like it out there on the limb, but you know, I would, I would argue too. I, I hear what you're saying, but all of this is just energy, right? Volcanoes and you know, is all energy, and as souls, we all have free will. And we're just energy, so we would not necessarily have to experience that if we don't want to, right? I don't think you get a choice. I remember, well, we always right? have a choice, it's not about, don't we, Dave? It's not, we it's not about. It's not about what happens out here, right? Right. Mm. We're all going to die. We're all going to die. It doesn't matter if it's uh, if it, you trip over a paving stone and uh, <laughs> bash your head, or somebody holds you down and sticks a needle in your arm. Or you disappear under under um, lava. You're gonna die. It's not about how you die. It's about how you live. No, okay. I'm with you. So there. the events out here aren't the important thing. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty solid argument. Okay, one more before we go, and I got to run too. You're fun to talk to. Um, can your guests tell me from Julia? Oh, how high the sun and the moon are, and are they solid? Two good questions. Uh, solid, I don't know. I've n not been there. Um, mm -hmm. Again, we've estimated it to be 
uh, about 3,100 uh, 3, miles. Um, I've got a video on my channel called The Next Level where I show, um, I give an example of what this, what it means. So um, when I said that the, I think the flat earth is about 20,000 miles across. 20,000. Um, I bring it, yeah, 20, uh, sorry, 20, yeah, 20,000 miles across. Um, I bring it down to the level of a, a two meter wide tabletop, hmm. right, a circular tabletop, right? And I say, well, imagine that tabletop, that table is in a darkened room right and you have a very small um but very bright light yeah which is um three point three millimeters across yeah and you're holding it 31 centimeters above the table in one particular spot what you'll get is a is a, a kind of um pool of light on the table right where that where that's you know just below where that uh, light is but on the other side of the table, it's going to be in darkness. Okay, so that's that's the earth. You know, that's that's the earth we live on, and it's um, and it works out just about right if that, you know, at that scale, thirty-one centimeters is um, three thousand one hundred uh, miles up. Three thousand. So the firmament has to be way above that, right? Yeah. Yeah. But we can't get. I don't. We can't get to. Um, where the sun is, I think we've got a non-physical barrier where at 75 miles up. Yeah, that's oh, so that's what some people call the firmament, 75 miles. But you think it's no? I think no, no. The, the actual firmament is way above. Yeah. But we, there's a there's a barrier, a non-physical barrier that says we can't get too is, high. Is that what's called the Van Allen belt? Maybe. I have no idea. Yeah. Is what. Um, yeah. They say it's an impenetrable bar barrier. Maybe that's what they're talking about is firmament. It's a God thing. Well, it's a God thing. Said, Don't go up there. <laughs> Don't go. <Yeah. laughs> Don't go up there. You won't like the result. Well, Dave, we got to run. You've been really fun to talk to and really giving us some fun things to consider. Uh, allegedlydave.com is the name of his website. Allegedlydave.com. Dave Murphy. So thanks for spending time with us. It was just great fun. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. You take um, care of yourself. Until next time. Yeah, till next time. Stay out of trouble now, okay? Um, okay. Yes. <laughs> See you. Okay. Okay, we're going to wrap it up here. Boy, that was fun, huh? Peace, uh, plus, uh, can I say that? Please pass on these links to everyone that you care about. And... Um, That'd be a great way to help support us too. Is just pass them up. We have all of our videos on BitChute and all of our audios on OneRadioNetwork.com. So I will see you in about ten minutes, twelve minutes. We're going to talk to Charles Nenner, and he's got some things to say about what he believes is going to happen in the stock market. That if you're in the stock market, you may want to pay attention. He's pretty well, very well respected fellow, and so we'll join him in about twelve minutes right here on Radio Network. Take care. Thank you. May the blessings be. Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com.